In a world where all the movies are about superheroes, two friends team up to talk about movies from a simpler time, a time before iPhones. They'll search for deeper meaning, mock things they don't like, and of course, there will be spoilers. Please join Terrence McHenry and Hollis Lazzarini as they get real nostalgic. Okay. Are we ready? We're ready. Sweet. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Hey, everybody. Terrence here. Terrence Hollis. Nice, nice. Hope all of you had a great week. Yeah. Hopefully not as long as mine, but, you know, it's all (laughs) for a good thing in the end. But you know how it goes. Life. (laughs) Kids stay in school. Don't grow up. (laughs) Paying bills sucks. But anyways. (laughs) Yeah, all them logistics. Oh, yeah. No doubt. So uh, what movie are we reviewing this week, Hollis? The NeverEnding Story. Yes, The NeverEnding Story. It's funny. This is the first time I've ever seen this movie. And it's actually, that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this movie Mm -hmm. is because I can never have the experience that you just had with this movie. Okay. Because I have nostalgia for watching it as a kid. And I probably watched it 20 times Mm -hmm. in a span of like, I don't know, three years. You just get so obsessed with it. Okay. Watching it as an adult, I still have those moments in the film that I remember as a kid. Of course, But yeah. you don't. I've talked to people who will, will watch a child, a, a film that was beloved by children, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, you missed it, or it was, bef- you know, kind of after your... Your time. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is he going to think of this movie? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be so hilarious. <laughs> well, it tripped me out that, A, that this was considered like a kid's movie because it was uh very dark mm-hmm. very sad like super sad at yeah. times you know what i mean and i was like wow like what what were they thinking like what were they what were they trying to put kids through with this you know what i mean and you know you, there's you can see that there's a a, a moral to the story yeah. a you really went through a whole lot and he he never gave up and he persevered you know mm-hmm. what i mean and right. um so there is there's a good meaning to it but to get to that point <laughs> right it was a lot of sadness and I, I i didn't i just didn't know what to think about that i i don't know that was just strange to me yeah but not i didn't think it was a bad movie by any means um but just different and and like i kind of told you in 1984 i would have been 12 years old Although I was not tough, I thought I was. Yeah. You know what I mean? This would have just been one of those movies that I would have been like, eh, no, this is, that's for kids, for babies. You oh, know yeah. You what I mean? Although, you know, I grew up on, you know, Sesame Street and the Muppets and all that stuff is super nostalgic to me. So on the puppet side, that kind of brought out the nostalgia of that for me mm-hmm. but it was just a strange sense because this was super dark and yeah yeah it so. is and so uh real quick directed by wolfgang peterson yes also he wrote the screenplay along with um herman weagle mm-hmm. it's based on a novel by michael endy okay and this is the most expensive film ever produced in germany at the time it was made in germany yes the budget was twenty-seven million. It grossed about twenty million in the U.S. and globally, it did about a hundred million. Wow! The emblem, the or that he wears on the emblem, it's a um. It's like two snakes, like intertwined. Yeah, it's right? called the Orin. Okay. 
And so the original Orin for this film now hangs in an enclosed box in Steven Spielberg's office. Wow. This movie ends halfway through the book. Okay, so wait. So there's a whole other part to this whole story yeah. after they ended in the movie. Yeah. So in the book, it goes on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and I didn't know that. All right. So now I'm Had like, you ever read the book or no? No, but I'm totally going to. Okay. Just for perspective, Bastion's 10 years old. Okay. So, like, yeah, you know, there's a 12-year-old boy, and seeing the, the 10-year-old boy, there is a big difference between really a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old. For sure. Because at 12, I was really getting into girls and digging sure. on the females. At 10, I thought they were kind of gross, and I wanted nothing to do with them. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a different... That two-year difference is, I think, a whole nother mindset. And when we meet Bastion, we find out that he's just kind of gone through a tragedy mm -hmm. in his life. I was... Um, really taken by his dad's breakfast choice did you notice that it was the raw egg and the orange juice wow maybe he's it... over there by the blender and he's putting everything together and he's pouring orange juice in there and then he just cracks an egg in there and then blends it mm -hmm. and then pours it into a cup and then has this really weird heart to heart with his son oh, okay yeah, it yeah. felt like kind of passive aggressive to me because <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's he's like oh i had a i had a nightmare about mom he's like well you know we could just you just got to kind of keep it moving. You still got a job to do, you know? And it's like, oh, sure. You know, it's only his mother's death. Yeah. No big. Like, yeah, yeah. just keep it moving, Bastion. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, just keep on going. <laughs> wow, dude, it's my mom. Like, no. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. So we quickly find out that, you know, he's, he's kind of having a hard time and he's mm -hmm. not a, a, a strong kid. And when he's being chased by the bullies, mm -hmm. he sneaks into the bookstore. You know, the guy's like, well, why don't you just punch him in the face? Yeah. And he doesn't have an answer. You know, when I was a kid, I was I was a small I was small for my age for the longest. And there were times when I was bullied in school and and, and I think that people I don't know, it's it's hard to deal with something like that and you just don't know how to deal with it. And I think one day mine just came to an abrupt end where I just kinda lost it on the kid that was bullying me and then after that it just never happened again yeah but the dudes that bullied him there was like three of them i know right and that wasn't cool like and then the thing about the bookstore is the guy says that to him and then bastion wants to get this book and he says no this book's not for you yeah he's like talking it up to him yeah. he's like telling him like bringing him in for a little secret yeah. and everything and he's like yeah yeah come here come here and he's like it's not for you no this book's not for you but Bastion I think he was Jackson, just playing right? it up it. like that. I think that's exactly because when he runs out and the guy's smiling, it's only one of two things. It's mm -hmm. either he's stoked he took the book mm -hmm. or he's glad he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, yeah. It could go either way. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And we never find out if the old guy gets his book back. No, we don't. Neither here nor there, right? Here nor there. Bastion just plays hooky, borrows Sees the book. Sees that he's good. It's supposed to have a math test. Yeah. And it's just, ah, oh, math test. And I thought he was going to try to sneak into the class somehow or something. But then he just goes to the area <laughs> and he's like, math test, math test. Right. I'm going to read this book. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really adorable because yeah. I think that that's part of his whole thing. This escapism is what he needs, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, he just, he does want to be like Captain Nemo and feel strong and feel yeah. tough. And even though he can't see it in himself, like... You know, he's not as weak as he thinks he is. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So, yeah, he hauls out stuff to the attic, mm -hmm. cracks that book open, and right away we are introduced to the sound of something very mysterious and ominous. Mm. And it turns out to be the rock biter. Yes. 
because he's pushing like a it's kind of like a stone trike is, is that what it is like it, I, yeah. I was i i thought it was like a um like like one of those things that they use when they put down pavement and then they smooth out like when oh yeah it like totally asphalt. looks like that yeah. it looked like that and i was like oh that is he like making land like a road or something is that what he's supposed to be doing i wasn't sure what he was supposed to be doing i don't think we ever find out the purpose of that mm -hmm. he's just on this mission mm -hmm. to get to the ivory tower yes and then oh my gosh we're mm. all on the same mission yes. and then he he i i thought he was gonna run i mean obviously he couldn't but i thought he was gonna just run those the, the the snail the racing snail and the other people that he's in all but he got right up to him was like Err! on a dime on a dime and then rolled it back and then just, sat down yeah, just yeah and then found the delicious rocks right and and so how did you take those first little mythical creatures that you meet Terrence? <laughs> they were strange of course <laughs> you know there's i don't know it's I, I tried to keep an open mind and um and watch this movie and and just kind of go with the flow of it. But you know, the strange characters, this, yeah. the racing snail, a racing and, snail. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. He's like, we don't have time to follow a snail. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's a racing snail. He's like, we don't even have time to follow a racing snail. And that snail was gone. Right. He was like, oh, okay. <laughs> he gave him like some little pellet or like, something. Uh, like some kind of fruit or something, I thought and it he was. Just, he just kind of fed it, and that snail was gone. Just, yeah. And then the bat, the sleepy bat. And I know. The, is he like an imp, the thing that rides with him? I don't know. His name is um, Nighthop, and I don't know what he is. They all take off to the ivory tower. Mm -hmm. It's only Nighthop that actually hears the meeting. All of the different people from all of the different lands have now convened at the Ivory Tower, yes. and they all have this very real fear of the nothing. Yes. The nothing that is destroying all of Fantasia. Mm -hmm. It's mysterious, and it's unstoppable. Yeah. Usually, when there's a problem in Fantasia, it seems that if you go to the Empress... She's able to fix it somehow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ultimate but, power. Yeah. Because even though she looks like a kid, she's really, really old. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the people find out that she's Ill. sick because yeah, the nothing is like she's got some kind of weird connection with the nothing. Mm -hmm. The people are pissed. Yeah. Like for a minute, she's, you think they're about ready to storm the little glowy clamshell gate. <laughs> when, he, when he has to just tell them that she's sick and they're just like, oh, what? Yeah, they get pissed. He tries to calm them down. He's like, it's cool because there's it. this warrior. Mm -hmm. His name's Atreyu. Yes. We sent, for him. we sent for him. Mm -hmm. As the crowd kind of parts ways, up walks this boy. This little kid, yeah. Again, How old he, is he supposed to be? I didn't look that up, but I'm going to put him at 12. I said, yeah, I was thinking like 12 13. or 13-ish, yeah. like that. And uh, very confident Hell 12, 13-year-old. Yeah. I love how they're like, what? You're a boy? Yeah. You, we're looking for the warrior. And he's like, I'm the only Atreyu around. He's like, why would you have sent for me if you yeah, didn't like, want me? Like, he, he straight up goes, <laughs> I'm happy to go hunt the purple buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, wait. Wait. <laughs> wait. It is him. It is Atreyu. <laughs> he's totally no bullshit. Yeah. But then they make him put down all of his own weapons and everything. Like he had to yeah. go in with nothing. Right. And he gets the, the Auron. The Auron, yes. That will protect him. I guess usually they don't, the really, they don't really say that though, do they? They do say it will protect him, but they don't. They're not explicit about it. Okay. It seems 
that Atreyu just accepts that this is how this mission has to go down. Okay. And at the same time, this is when we meet the Gamork. Yep. That image, there's something that they, they did this in the 80s. Like, I can think of two instances where it really got under my skin. This, uh-huh. with the just you only see the green eyes and then you see a flash of the teeth. Yeah, yeah. And then in Michael Jackson's Thriller, yes. the cat eyes at the end, I still to this day, uh-huh. I will watch Thriller. I stop before <laughs> the cat we eyes, get to huh? the cat. It creeps me out so bad. Really? This not so much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this didn't really get under my skin in the same way, but the Michael Jackson video, no. Okay. So we don't really know the Gamork's deal. We just know he's got green, scary eyes and big teeth. And and he's moving fast looking for Atreyu. Atreyu, yeah. We get to see Atreyu and Artax riding all through Fantasia, which is a very beautiful land. It is, and it sucks that the nothing is about to destroy it. It's awful. Yeah. He got to see the Silver Mountains, Mm -hmm. the Desert of Shattered Hopes, the Crystal Towers, and he found no cure for the Empress. He did not. He figures that the last chance is to actually enter... The Deadly Swamps of Sadness. Yes, he does. To find the Ancient One, Morla. Yes. At Shell Mountain. At first, they seem to be kind of getting a good pace, you know? They're, they're doing all right. Their, they're making their way, and it, they, they did state that if the, the sadness took over you mm-hmm. at that point, that you would sink. And so, I at first I thought, okay, so it's not very deep. Because they're obviously not sad, everything's going right. okay. But I also think that it it was like any other kind of like body of water that there were deeper parts to it. Because as they were going along, I don't think the sadness had taken up, but it was harder for, um, what was his horse's name? Artax. Artax. To get his legs out. Then all of a sudden the sadness takes over of the horse and he starts to sink. And then, so I'm watching this part and... And I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, this is super, like, sad. Like, yeah, like, not that I wanted to cry, but, like, I really kind of felt it in my heart. Like, it's how horrible, sad right? this is and that his horse is going. Then my thought process goes to, okay, the horse is being overwhelmed by the sadness. Yeah. Now, Atreyu is being overwhelmed by this same sadness and more for the fact that his horse and his partner is sinking away yet atreyu is not sinking yeah and then you explained to me that well but it's so not clear in the movie they don't really say that yeah i only knew that so i read on the internet that in the book it explains that the aron protected atreyu in that moment and that was part of the protection but Mm -hmm. it's so it's not clear in the movie at all but then there is also a point where he does exactly which then contradicts for sure the book which interesting little side note the man who wrote the novel, mm-hmm. he really did not like this adaptation. Okay. And he, so much so that he, his names do not appear in the opening titles. And he sued them trying to get them to at least change the name. He lost. Change the name of? Of the film. Really? hmm What did you, did it say what they wanted? He wanted to change the name too? He didn't care. He just didn't want it to be called The Neverending Story. Uh. But there were enough issues like that throughout the adaptation and I think that that would be a good example of it is that, you know, certain things that just aren't necessarily clear uh-huh. for me as a kid, it just completely washed over me. It's like, well, for of sure. course, of course, a trade is fine. Yeah. Of course. See, like, my, my, my immediate thought process is, oh, shit, he's fucked. 
You're he's going to start sinking and he doesn't. <laughs> like, I'm sad. How is it you not sad? Right. Like, I'm sitting here watching this movie and I'm ready to sink. Like, <laughs> but yeah, okay. I'm glad you cleared yeah, that up. Yeah. So he does continue on. He climbs on top of Shell Mountain mm-hmm. and that's when he kind of awakens Morla. Yes. And more doesn't care. Doesn't give a shit about Does not anything. Anything. Like I did, was not expecting that. He cracked me up this time. He reminded me of like a cross between Oscar the Grouch and Yoda. Okay. Where everything he said was just it's like Atreus like, Can you just help me out here? Like mm. you know things. You're the ancient one. Can yeah. you just drop some knowledge on me, please? Yeah. And he's like, No. He's such a dick. Yeah, he really is. And my favorite line from Morla was, we don't even care whether or not we, we care. care. <laughs> I like that line, too. <laughs> <laughs> Which made me really like Morla a lot. Yeah, I like that line a whole lot. I did get a kick out of that. Atreyu is totally devastated by this conversation because mm-hmm. he basically finds out that the only, the last place he can possibly go is the Southern Oracle and it's 10,000 miles away. Yes. And that is the moment where then he starts to sink into the swamp of sadness. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're watching our hero perish, mm-hmm. or it seems very likely, mm-hmm. when all of a sudden, who shows up but Falcor? Falcor and snatches him out of the swamp of <laughs> sadness. The big old leg just kind of comes down, looks like a, like a white log. Uh-huh. And he just <laughs> <laughs> wraps his arms around it and just gets airlifted out. Right on out. And I guess if you're at that point, you know, I mean, he doesn't question it. Atreyu, yeah. he's, it's just, okay, there's a lot, there's a leg. I'm yeah. going to. I'm going to take it. Take yeah. any chance. And then Bastion gets super pumped because he's. Yes. Thinks that Atreyu's finished. And then Falcor comes in and saves the day. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Which takes us to, I think it's the home of Engiwook and Urgle. Yes. They're like little elves. Mm-hmm. So Atreyu wakes up. They've been there for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And it's the first time you get a good look at Falcor. He's he's a luck dragon, but a he's a fluffy, pink, glittery, dog-faced dog. dragon yes. with like a really long tongue. He's just a big-ass dog. Yeah. I guess the puppet's 45 feet long. Wow. Basically, he's the eternal optimist. Like mm-hmm. nothing gets this dragon down. Nothing at all. I love how he's like, but there's no way we can we can make it. And he's like... But you have me and right. luck, and we're here. <laughs> it's just around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so it brought Atreyu back, and he was pumped and ready to go again, I think, at that point. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he, he gets up. He, he, he <clears throat> eats some strange concoction from Urgle. Angiwook was ready. like he, yeah. was, he was ready to get to Atreyu, and she was like, not until I'm done. And he's not healed yet. How are you feeling? And he's like, "There's, I feel good, but there's a little pain. Well, pain means you're healing. Right. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and he wanted to get into it. And she was like, not until I'm done. Oh, he's all science. He is totally all science. He's just waiting for someone to ask him about the mm-hmm. Southern Oracle. Oh, yeah. We find out he's been writing a book. You know, he's got this crazy telescope where yep. he watches everybody who, who passes through the first gate of the Sphinx. Yes. He's got a lot of knowledge, but I think he is putting on that he knows more than he actually does, considering he's not actually gone through yeah. these different gates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Atreyu didn't even know that there was going to be some potentially dangerous situations at this point at the Southern Oracle. I mean, I don't feel like that was clear. Never. And so when he's climbing up there and he's looking at the telescope and they see this manly knight just come a galloping in on his horse. With and all his shiny armor. Yeah. <laughs> Inky Wook's like, check this out. And the whole deal is you have to move through the sphinxes without questioning your worth. Yes. Which I think is cool. And if the, you do start to doubt your worth. Then the phoenix's eyes open. You get blasted. Once the eyes open, <laughs> it's all bad for you. And he thought that all that armor was going to protect him. And Ingi Wook was like, all that shiny armor won't protect you. And right. He did not. He got blasted. And when they showed him, he was all cooked inside oh, yeah. of that armor. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, well, well done. <laughs> <laughs> but what's great is Atreyu... It doesn't face him at all. No. He's just like, oh, I'm going to okay, go. I'm going to go try. There, then. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go try. He's like, he just says, I'm going to try. I'm like, no, dude. Try means the, die, dude. Yeah. Like, there's <laughs> not, you can't, you don't get do overs. <laughs> no. But he was agile. He was. And he jumped out of the harm's way. And then after that, the next one was, I think, or, yeah, the, the next mirror. one told him that not to worry, I'm not going to harm you. No, the mirror first. And it, so there's, oh, the, okay. there's this mirror. It's the magic mirror. That oh, reveals where he had your to true see his self. True self. That's right. And that's and that's where he sees Bastion. Yeah, and and Bastion sees him exactly. Mm -hmm. And Bastion is like WTF. Yeah, he's like, uh, this is weird. Because at this point, they've heard him scream. Yeah, and now he see Atreyu sees him, and he recognizes himself in in the story. Mm -hmm. And even though he's faced with these two realities, he still doesn't believe he's a part of the story. No. So Atreyu again unfazed. He's like, okay, some kid in a world I don't understand. Yeah. Walk through the mirror. Yeah, yeah. All right. Right through. Put his hand through. Yeah. And then he gets to the Southern Oracle. Mm -hmm. And this was another weird moment because as a kid, this scene creeped me out or, or made me uneasy. Okay. And I had to, when I watched it this time, I was trying to figure out why. I think because I didn't know that was a dangerous thing, the Southern Oracle. I mm -hmm. thought they were lying to him. And then when he's talking to them, he's almost yelling at them like they're having an argument. And so yeah. my child mind was like, this is bad. Yeah. And then they start to crumble apart. And I'm like, ooh, I don't like this. Yeah. It's kind of scary. But then when I watched it this time, I'm like, oh, she's just telling him everything he needs to know. Yeah. Everything's fine. He's safe. I don't know why he's yelling. <laughs> what are you yelling for? Why are you arguing with them? They're glowy and blue. It's mm. It should be chill. And he's pissed and then, for some reason. Why did it start to crumble like that? I thought that the crumbling was going to possibly hurt Atreyu. Right. It started to crumble because the nothing, they were fighting off the nothing. Is that okay? And since it seems to be everywhere, and then it's like, and she says, or they say, we, we don't know how much longer we can hold off the nothing. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I remember that. Atreyu comes back. He knows what he needs to do. Mm-hmm. He tells Falcor, we're on board. They're flying through the sky. And Treyu's like, cool, we're going to get to the boundary. Where is it? I don't know. Yeah. But we'll find it. And so they just, again, we go on this amazing flying adventure. Mm -hmm. But then the wind. Isn't that it's the, the point where the wind yeah, gets it's, the, most, the better of them? Another interesting thing I read today. Okay. In the book, it's a cloud. They call them like wind giants or something. Okay. And it was a whole scene that they recut. And so initially they were going to keep that in and it was a battle of these cloud giants and that they get kind of tangled up in it and that's how they get separated. Okay. For some reason they decided not to do that and they changed that sequence into the nothing. Okay. 
and so they get caught up in in the nothing separated the Aran also falls off, off of atreyu yes. mm -hmm. and so he's standing on the beach falcor can't find him yep. he doesn't seem to care that he doesn't have the Aran. no i mean he, t he feels for it at one point and yeah he totally doesn't have but he doesn't seem to phase him i think it's just because he's a warrior yeah even as young as he is you know what i mean totally yeah so he goes up on that hill and it looks like a ruin yeah and and he's just kind of looking around and and he sees all of these paintings no, no, no. First, he sees the rock biter. Yes. He comes up on the rock biter, and it's another sad moment in the movie hmm. because the rock biter tells him he thought he had these strong hands that could save his friends. Yeah. But he couldn't hold on to them, and then nothing, nothing sucked them so, right yeah. out of his hands. He's like, they look strong, but they're not. See, that was a line I've been throwing around with friends. Like, it was like, if people saw this movie, they look like good, strong yeah. hands, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> and it's such a sad thing because, you know, he is. He's larger than life, and, and he couldn't save these things that are the size of his fingers. It's very sad. And but it's not his fault there. is it's what not, I mean. Like, it's he, really not his fault. But he's still there, and they're not. That's why he's, I think, more mourning. You know. And he just gives up. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just going to let the nothing take me because I don't have anything to live for, basically. Mm -hmm. And Atreyu then toddles off from there, and that's where he sees all of these murals Painting, oh, and yeah. paintings all over, the, it depicting his entire journey. Yeah, it shows the horse, shows him. Then he comes across one that he hasn't been through. Mm -hmm. And that's when Gamork comes to just tell us all kinds of things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's like, come a little closer and I'll rip you to shreds. <laughs> At first, I was like, is he stuck over there? Because there were it was like rocks and stuff kind of fumbling and falling around him. So I thought, was he stuck where he was at? Is that why he was like, if you come closer, I'll right. rip you to shreds? Like, why don't you just come out and get him? That's yeah, my it is, thought. It is odd because he just kind of hangs out in there. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting how in most movies where there is something kind of calamitous going on around them, that two characters will have find the time to have a conversation. Uh -huh. you know, let's just let's just work this out. Let's just talk <laughs> about everything that went down because everything's about to end anyway. Yeah. So let's just I'll tell you my plan. Mm -hmm. And so Gamork starts to tell him. Basically, I was hunting this dude named Atreyu, but like couldn't find him. They start well, talking about. I don't think he says Atreyu yet. He was like, Oh, we were right at the I've end. Hunting huh? this guy, and I can't find him. Blah blah blah. And then he then at one point he finally says, "The person that I was hunting is Atreyu." Right. And Atreyu's like, well, I'm Atreyu. Yeah. You know, yeah. And he's offended. Like, You're hunting me? I'm a warrior. I hunt the purple buffalo, motherfucker. That's right. <laughs> but what we learn is that Fantasia has no boundaries. Mm -hmm. It's built on people's hopes and dreams. Yep. Basically, since people have lost hope and mm -hmm. aren't dreaming anymore, then nothing has taken Take hold and... And it's all of this very powerful thing. And he's working with it because it's like, bring on the apocalypse. Mm -hmm. He's all about it. Yeah. Which is contradictory because he seems to want the full and total destruction. But he then is talking about people he wants to control. And mm -hmm. I'm like, you... You're going to be a part of that full and total destruction, bro. So unless you can... So if he could bridge the bound... If there is no boundary mm -hmm. and he could get to Earth where people have given up on their hopes and dreams, uh -huh. hypothetically, he... Well, he believes that he can control them. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know, 1980s, we still had some nukes. Yeah. I think if Gamork showed up and was like, bow down to me and my power, uh, I'm going to control you, he might get missiled. He might catch a couple nukes. Because right. <laughs> he's quite large. Yeah, he is. Is he as big as as Falcor? 
No. No. But he's pretty big. He's pretty big. So they have their little conversation. And as you said, then Atreus like, well, that's me. Yeah. Gamork leaps out of the cave. It's the stupidest fight scene I've ever seen in my life. Because basically he just topples Atreyu and Atreyu's got a stone knife yeah, that goes perfectly right placed. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason for this too. Oh, okay. Tell so, me this reasoning. This poor kid actually got hurt a few times on uh, the one who played Atreyu. I think his name was Noah Holloway. Okay. Actually got hurt in the making of yeah. this movie. Okay. And in this scene, he almost lost an eye because the robot Gamork, when it landed on him, it like the claw like got his eye. Oh. And it also, the weight of this robot knocked the wind out of him, and uh-huh. he couldn't breathe. And so they said, we'll just do the one take. Uh, Earlier, at the Swamp of Sadness, uh-huh. when Artax is going down, there's an elevator, and his the actor's leg got caught in the elevator, and he got sucked down, and he was unconscious when they pulled him out. Wow. And then he also fell off Artax and got stepped on. Wow. So he kind of went through it. Yeah, he sure did. I was like, jeez. It's a tough kid. The first time I'd have got hurt, I'd have been like, okay, this movie is not going to be made with me. <laughs> Where's my stunt double? I went, to, I went to Juilliard, for Christ's sakes. What's my motivation? <laughs> like, <laughs> no. Wow. Yeah. Okay. He went through some shit. He really did. Yeah. And it was all for us. All for us. Thanks. this movie that I waited 45 years to see. Yes. <laughs> And even though he kills the Gamork, mm-hmm. the nothing is still raging on. It is. Because the people have still lost their hopes and their dreams. So, At this point, Falcor and Atreyu are reunited. Mm-hmm. Did he get back? He the... gets the... Because uh, Falcor found it in the bottom of the ocean yes, or something. Yes, he did. He went down and got it. I remember that now. And then they're reunited and it feels so good. So good. <laughs> <laughs> they find the ivory tower. Yes. After it's been all exploded, yeah, right? Yeah, and they're and just like flowing through. Floating. Clearly, space it doesn't have the same effect on them. Yeah. Because they're just floating, floating through, through space, it, yeah. literally. And there's these stuff like floating and... Some debris. Yeah, and then they finally come up on the ivory tower still intact on some debris. The Empress is still alive, but Atreyu just feels like he's failed. And she's like, no. And she starts to just tell him some things mm-hmm. it's like these really interesting information downloads in this movie and this was the last one where she's like oh i knew all that was gonna happen to you yeah i mean of course like yeah. i knew everything and he's like wait my horse died this that? happened then you, you wait you knew all of this yeah. she's like yeah there's the only way yeah. the only way to do what like there's all of this everyone's like let's speak in code and like not be direct and, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like no see this human kid, you brought him with you. He hears, he's here right now. And he's yeah. looking around. He's like, where? What? At first, and see, and I, and I was like, okay, is she going to say that he's the human kid? Like, oh, I, yeah. I was kind of like, yeah, it was a little foggy. And I mean, I got that other scene earlier in the movie, and they were looking at each other. And I was just like, okay. It, it was just a weird scene. It really was. That's a lot all at once. Yeah. Because she's filling Atreyu in and Bastion at the mm-hmm. same time and telling him why it had to go this way. And why Bastion had to do what he needed to do. And then Bastion, in the opening of the film, his dad's like, you have to stop dreaming. Mm-hmm. You get your heads out, head out of the clouds. Yeah. And so he doesn't want to believe he's part of it because he's already this, you know, it's what he would normally do mm-hmm. is really fall into it. And 
they're pleading with him. Yeah, they're like, you have to say this. You have to say the name. And Bastion, you know, yeah, say my she's name. Crying and shit. You have to. You have to rename. You have to give me a name. And he didn't want to do it. And I actually had to Google what he yelled. I couldn't understand it. Exactly. I could not understand. What I don't he think said. any of us could understand it. Okay. And so what was her moon, name? Moonchild. Yes, which is crazy because that was his mom's name. Yeah. And that's not a very common name. Very hippie name though, because yeah. this movie was made made in 1984. If Bastion was 10, okay. his mom was probably a child of the 60s. Moonchild yeah. would have been a very hippie-ish name. It's true. Yeah. So when she says to him, Bastion, why don't you do what you dream? And then he finally leaps up mm-hmm. and he says, I'll do it. I'll do what I yeah. dream. <laughs> and he runs over to the window, screams the inaudible the in um audible name. Yes. And then it's just dark. Yeah. And silent. Yeah. And it's the Empress and Bastion. He's pretty bummed. I remember being really bummed too. I was like, oh my gosh, like Fantasia's gone. Yeah. <gasps> it's just a grain of sand. Yeah. And she's holding it and then she gives it to him. She basically tells him that Fantasia can live on forever as long as he keeps making wishes. Mm-hmm. And so his first wish, if I'm 10 and hell yeah, riding the back of Falcor through <laughs> Fantasia. I would have wanted some of that action too. Hell for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like the nothing never happened. Because mm-hmm. he just goes through, he's flying through and reimagining and rebuilding. And Fantasia. all of our friends are waving at him. Everyone's cheery. Our yep. tax is back. Our tax is back. Yeah. Craziness. Feels good. Now, Fantasia, this wasn't like by any means like a Disney movie, right? Mm-mm. Hmm. Isn't well, that weird? Yeah. Well, so the name... This was the English translation. I, I'm not even going to attempt mm-hmm. the other, but it's not quite the same. Yeah. But for the English and American audiences, they change it to Fantasia. Okay. Bastion makes his second wish, mm-hmm. hops right back on Falcor the Luck Dragon, takes him to Earth yeah. to go scare the snot out of those bullies. Got them right back into the trash cans that they threw him into. Redemption. And, and a lot of people saw Falcor. I know. Like that that didn't make a, a lot of sense to me how no. Falcor could come flying through there and people were actually seeing him. I mean, it was fine. I wanted I wanted Bastion to get his redemption. I wanted those bullies to be put in their place, but that was just a weird scene. And like I said, people could see Falcor like the fuck like <laughs> If I was an adult and saw something like that flying <laughs> through the air, so I'd be like, what the hell? Is, I'm out of here. Like, it's the end of the world. Right? <laughs> A fluffy dog dragon? Dog dragon. This isn't Game of Thrones dragon. No. This no. is this, this is, is a fluffy, Falcor. shiny, pink and white dog dragon. Right. And I mean, he had dog characteristics. He wanted his ear behind his ear scratched because he couldn't reach it. Yeah. And then when um, Atreyu did it, you could see his. Although it wasn't quite like a dog that you know yeah. that gets the leg shake when you get him in the right spot. They did like do this thing where his paw like did like a couple of these while yeah. he was you know that kind of lifted up while he was scratching behind the ear, and you could see his eyes. And he was totally a dog. Yeah. Totally a dog. This concept of the nothing. Mm-hmm. It's very apocalyptic. It is. What do you do, Terrence, if the nothing was destroying Earth? You know, you go and the lake is just gone. Uh-huh. It's just, it was there yesterday. It was there yesterday. And now it's just gone. Yeah, it's, now it's nothing. Do you follow Atreus' lead 
and just find out what can you do? You know, how can I affect some positive change here? I gotta be honest. Like I would have, I would have probably just gave up. I'd have just, try, <laughs> I would have just tried to keep moving. How about that? I mean, it it would have been inevitable because Fantasia gets destroyed, but then it gets rebuilt, of course, and that's awesome. But like, I would have, I I don't think I was that brave a kid. I would have been like crying, little punk. Like it's gonna end. But I think I would have tried to survive best I could in my my own cowardice. And just tried to keep moving away from the nothing. Yeah. And hoping that I could just stay ahead of the nothing, which you wouldn't have been able to. It's obvious. But I don't, I wouldn't have been Atreyu. I don't, I, I. He's a tough kid. He was a very, He's very, tough very kid. brave. I, and even if I would have tried, okay, you talked me into it, I'll go. About halfway through, I would have been like, nah, nah. Like, after I lost my horse, I would have, dude, for sure, I would have just laid, laid there and sank. I just laid down. I don't even need to sink. I would just lay down at that point. Like it would have just. I, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't. A, I wasn't an Atreyu, not at all. Since Fantasia is built on our hopes and dreams, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you were in that position to rebuild <laughs> Fantasia uh-huh. with your own personal hopes and dreams, what's just give us a little sneak peek, Terrence? There'd what's be, that look like? There'd be weed stores. <laughs> In dog parks, because I like dogs. Dog <laughs> <laughs> I have dog parks, you know. Yeah, I, that, that would, yeah. Could you have mini Falcors at the dog park? Because I think I, I, I could really get into a luck dragon uh-huh. as a main source of transportation. For sure. Because you 10,000 miles in no time. Right. Yeah, with a little luck, he says. And, and who doesn't, you know, I mean, I guess it could get a little annoying, maybe you know, his eternal optimism, but uh-huh. it's kind of nice to have someone like, you can do it. <laughs> I got you. You're like, with me. Yo, it's Falcor, fine. Just fly. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> you, Let me be to, negative right like, now. You've like muzzled Falcor. <laughs> <laughs> Falcor, I've heard enough. Okay, just fly. Just give me where I need to go. Don't talk. Well, I still definitely love the movie. It holds a little soft spot in my heart. Nice. I'm glad I watched it, and I'm glad I got to experience it. So what are we going to watch next week? The Wiz. So it's the black version. Not that I'm all into race or anything. I love everybody. But it is the black version of The Wizard of Oz, and it has uh, Diana Ross, uh, very young Michael Jackson, just an awesome adaptation and another way of looking at The Wizard of Oz. Sweet. Yes. I look forward to rewatching this. It's been years. Nice. Let's do this. Sweet. Pumped. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we look forward to doing that with you guys. And thank you for listening. Thank you, guys. Tell lots of your friends to listen to us. We would appreciate it. Definitely. Yes. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Good night. Bye. Thank you again for downloading. We hope you liked it. Real Nostalgic is produced by Hollis Lazzarini with additional support from me, Terrence McHenry. Our logo was designed by Carissa Westfall. Please check out our website, realnostalgic.com. Like, share, subscribe, and write to us. We'd love to hear from you.